Talk of the Morning Java. I'm Dale Lally here with Alex Stump. Of course, Alex, our Pirates writer uh, here on the site. And Alex, uh, as always, uh, these, these Javas brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where you can get the curbside service, maybe on your way to, I don't know, a pirate camp, a pirate game. These things are starting to uh, become a reality here this week. You know, I got to pass a get-go to get to that summer camp, as they call it. So that curbside is going to be a blessing. Uh, Alex, uh, the Pirates getting ready to open their camp. And uh, what are your expectations? What do you expect to see from this? Uh, it's going to be interesting. From what I heard, it's going to really be really small groups, you know, and it's going to be spread out throughout the day. I mean, we're talking like groups like five or six, and they're only going to be, you know, 40 people or 40 players actually in the Pittsburgh camp. Everyone else is headed to Altoona. Uh, Expectations-wise, I think it's going to be very go with the flow. Don Kelly did a great job in Bradenton in the first one. Uh, Derek Shelton, you know, he ran the last couple spring trainings for Minnesota. So they're going to be prepared. They're going to know what they're doing. But it's a shorter camp than we've ever seen before. It's going to be a later camp than we've ever seen before. I think you have to just keep your mind open. Okay, well, I have a general idea of what's going to happen, but I can't really – don't put hard expectations to the end. Maybe they're playing games at the end. Maybe they're not. Who knows? Yeah, that's a, that's a thing that, that uh, um, we started my, – my youth baseball league started up, and, you know, the, the expectation was we were supposed to keep everybody, you know, socially you – know, keep everybody socially distanced, do all these things on the field. And it's a lot tougher than you think it should be with baseball because, you know, what happens when somebody makes a good play? Or, you know, somebody, uh, you know, you turn a triple play or something. Guys are going to naturally congregate to each other. You're going to – when the natural reaction is to celebrate. Or when, you're, when you're, you're throwing pitches or somebody's throwing a bullpen session or you're standing there watching somebody take batting practice, guys are just kind of locked in. This is what they've always done. Stand there and talk to the people around you. And so guys congregate in those kind of situations. It even goes beyond the congregating. Like one of the big rules – of the new season is you're not allowed to spit. And Derek Shelton said, these kids have been spitting since they're five, six years old. If you see someone spitting you know, in the game, it's not malicious. It's, it's just, you know, an instant. You get a little dirt anymore. in your mouth and you got to get it out, you know. It, yeah. Yeah. I want to see what it's happens. Half the fun. You, that's the pitch you make to like six or seven-year-olds to get them in baseball. Like, hey, you can spit anytime you want. <laughs> How many guys do you see in a dugout uh, chewing on the seeds or bubble gum. That's, those yeah. things are kind of out the window as well. It's, it's going to be weird. I mean, it, tobacco's – chewless tobacco's basically been phased out of the game. I think there are a few people who still are grandfathered in to it, but that's basically gone. But the sunflower seeds, the bubble gum, it, it, it's going to look weird. You look <laughs> at the dugout and there's not going to be giant wads in someone's, in someone's jaw. I could tell you, though, as, as, a, as a person who runs a, a, a youth baseball league um, and has to sweep the, the sunflower seeds out of the dugout on a daily basis, I'm not dissatisfied or unhappy that the sunflower seeds are no more. And I will never allow them back in my dugouts again. <laughs> a couple people's lives made a whole lot, became a whole lot better because of not having to do that last second cleanup at the end of the night. Uh, what else, I mean, in terms of – when these guys do start up, Alex, do you expect the pitching uh, to be, you know, 
80 pitches or less to, to start for the, for the starting pitchers. Uh, will, will it be a, a very strict pitch count for these guys because they're not going to have that ramp-up time? I think so. Uh, but they actually have been doing a lot of ramp-up uh, in, in anticipation. Uh, originally, they were planning, you know, you know, the original plan Major League Baseball had was camp reopens June 10th. So that's what Marin and the Pirates were doing. Like, hey, let's get everyone, whenever you get into camp, get about three innings stretched out whenever we get in there June 10th. Now it's looking like it's going to be about four or five innings to go in there, which will be beneficial, you know, in those early weeks of the season where you don't have to go to your bullpen in the sixth inning because Trevor Williams is already throwing 65 and he's just done for the day. That'll be a benefit, but yeah, there are definitely going to be hard counts, especially in the early parts of camp and probably going into those first week or so into the season because the worst thing that could happen is, you know, you, you tweak something like a small injury in a normal season, okay, I missed one or two starts. Well, all of a sudden, that's 20% of the season down the drain. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be something that's going to be really interesting to watch. And certainly, uh, you know, guys pulling hamstrings or, or you know, injuring a hamate bone. I mean, these are situations that, uh, as you mentioned, a guy who misses two weeks is missing a healthy portion of the season. And it's just, uh, yeah. uh, you know, you may not have the, the depth to, uh, to handle that, that kind of uh, injury. But uh, we'll see what happens. It starts up, uh, well, to, uh, Friday, and, and uh, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. So, Alex, we just talked about what this camp uh, might look like for the Pirates. You've written a couple of stories this week on what the Pirates' starting lineups and rotation might look up. Let's, let's, start about the, let's talk about the starting lineup first. Remembering there's a DH involved now. Yeah. And they have a couple guys who, if they so chose, would fit perfectly in that DH spot. Like Josh Bell, he did a lot of work, you know, with his throwing mechanics this offseason, but he's never going to be a good defender at first base. All he's doing is becoming less of a liability out there. In normal situations, yeah, he's a first baseman. Call Moran, I mean, you can light the bat, and, you know, you want him to be an everyday player, but that's also Brian Hayes in, in AAA, and he's ready to go. He's going to play some point this year. And he is gold glove potential, you know, for third base, you know, coming out of the gate. So it's tough to justify having one of the worst third basemen defensively out there whenever you have one of the best, you know, waiting in the wings. And then there's Gregory Polanco, who, big bat, they need him to hit. He's the only, assuming Brian Reynolds and Kevin Newman hit in front of Josh Bell, you know, so he has a couple guys to drive in. Polanco's really the only guy in this lineup who could go right behind Bell and protect him maybe you just put him at dh and be like look i know this last injury you had was a base running injury but you're just not fielding anymore we're gonna put as little stress on that shoulder as possible plan is to rotate though and not just those three you know get kevin newman a couple days off get adam frazier a couple days off get reynolds i mean because it's gonna be a shorter camp they're gonna be less off days than normal so people are gonna want you know extra rest and that's a way to keep brian reynolds bat in the lineup without him having the wear and tear of being out in the field. So that's the big thing that's going to be different with this year. DH is probably going to come to the National League in 2022. I don't think, you know, it'll just be a rotating thing by that point. I think by that point, National League teams would be prepared like, okay, we got this guy. He's a DH type and maybe a little rotation on top of that. But for the first year in a shortened season, I, I can see the logic in why rotating is the best way to go. 
Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see as well. Um, you know, one of the things that you always see in baseball is the Sunday lineup. In a shortened season, are you going to, A, need the Sunday lineup because you're, not, you're only playing so, you know, so many games? And, B, if you, if you do, can you really afford to just – I don't know. I mean, everybody looks at it as, as basically punting on a game. Uh, with, with every game being this much more important, are you going to do that as much? You know, yes, guys are going to need days off, but I don't know if you can do it wholesale like, the, like managers uh, have liked to do in the past. Just everybody gets rest on Sunday. Yeah, and the way this schedule is set up is there are going to be very few games that aren't extremely consequential because two-thirds of the games are going to be against your division. And then in the Pirates' case, the rest are in the AL Central. It, it almost is worse to send your Sunday left whenever you're playing like the Detroit Tigers, Kansas City Royals, and you're potentially jeopardizing what should be an easy win. It is kind of... It's too. The Pirates there. really have okay. any easy wins. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Against Kansas City and Detroit, <laughs> Pirates. That's gonna be eight games. They got eight freebies almost. They won't be eight and zero, but those are a lot easier. Probably the two best teams that they could play in baseball. So, yeah, it's the Sunday lineup. It's gonna be tough to stack, justify stacking so many of those guys, like you said. But in the same way. It might also be worse to say, okay, well, we're going to have Brian Reynolds take this day off, and then you're in key games. It's like, man, if only Brian would have been in this situation, you know, to take, take those swings. So maybe it is best to actually, you know, punt one game out of every 10 and be like, okay, we'll just really try to win the other nine or 10. I'm not a manager. I'm glad I'm not managing this season. Derek Shelton, it's his first crack at it. It's going to be a lot of unique challenges that hopefully we, we never have to see a team face again because this season's just going to be bonkers. Alex, we, we just talked about uh, the Pirates lineup and, and what it may look like and, and DHing and, and the, the, you know, the, the idea of, 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 you know, Sunday lineups. One thing that doesn't change generally is your rotation. Uh, and the Pirates, well, obviously won't have Jamison Ty on this year. Um, not the worst year for him to miss uh, actually in terms of you know, what he's, what he's missed at this point, but they've still got some guys coming back who have some experience here. What's your, what is your uh, ideal rotation for the pirates going into this season? Uh, is, is the staff ace. I mean, he's been a, throughout his parts where he's had better peripherals, but it's been a case of being less than the sum of his parts Uh he talked about, you know, attacking up in the zone more, using the curveball more in Bradenton. I think with the new coaching staff, he's due to take a step forward. I don't know if it's going to be the big breakout, but I think he is on the right path. Uh, Trevor Williams is, believe it or not, the most tenured pitcher on this staff, which is wild to think about. It just seems like yesterday, you know, he had his debut and he was, you know, hugging his dad afterwards. Uh, Mitch Keller, you know, he's the guy who's, big he could be the big arm in the rotation but he's still a rookie still some questions about you know can he bounce back from that rookie year? even though a lot of that wasn't his fault but enough of it was number three and then I have Derek Holland is a pretty safe bet at number four uh really pitched well in 2018 made some changes from what he saw in 2019 thought he became too reliant on the sinker the, the changeup looked really good in Bradenton you know I helped him get righties out uh, get those reverse splits. 
And then the fifth, it comes down to Chad Cool or Stephen Brault. I, I, I'm giving it to Cool in this situation, even though there's no guarantee that, you know, it'll be a traditional five-man rotation. That might be the opener. That might be a bullpenning day. Who knows? But whenever you look at Cool and Brault, Cool is coming off the Tommy John surgery. So it, both of them are going to start at some point this year. So it comes down to who do you want to have start in the rotation and then move or start in the bullpen and then move into the rotation. The guy coming off of Tommy John surgery or the guy who did that last year. So, no, that's not fair to Brault in that regard, but I think Cole has a higher upside in protecting his arm. He's going to be more critical. So, I have him penciled in for five right now, but that's pencil, not ink. <laughs> you mentioned the, the openers, and do you expect to see more of that from teams, especially early on in this, uh, this process? I think so. If if not, you know, strictly an opener, more bullpenning, you know, in general, you know, get guys in there because they're going to be expanded rosters. So you're going to be able to carry those couple extra arms early on in the season. And um, the guys are going to come in and they're not going to have that full spring. The Pirates pitchers are in a scenario where they're going to be, you know, stretched out to four or five innings. Not everyone across the league is. So that might be an advantage that the Pirates pitchers have over a lot of other teams that they don't have to rely on going to that, you know, middle reliever in the fifth inning because your guy's tired already and you don't want him to push his pitch limit. Uh, in, in terms of the, the, the closing situation, uh, it's Kella and um, they, they announced that rather early in the process that was Kella. Uh, did, did that surprise you? And, and, and could, could Crick get a chance to do that at some point? I, I'm not, I wasn't too surprised. I always, the way I always viewed it, it was either going to be Keone Kella or this is going to be a true fluid bullpenning situation that the rookie manager and new GM are bringing in. And I always kind of viewed that as kind of like a, a analytical pipe dream, but yeah, he's last year, whenever he was on the field, he started off a little shaky because of the shoulder, but once he came back from there, he was as dominant as any reliever you're going to find in baseball. You know, for one inning, he's just going to go in there. He's going to get his outs. Parts have enjoyed a long string of successful closers, you know, going back even to hand or hand. It's going to continue this year. But if they stumble out of the gate and they have to end up being sellers at, at the trade deadline, it's kind of ridiculous to say sellers trade because deadline. nobody's actually going to – it's going to be for three or four weeks. You're not going to be able to trade anyone for anything of much value. Um, but if Kella is traded, yeah, I do see Crick being in that mix to potentially come in as closer. I also see Birdie being in that mix if he's healthy. I mean, the stuff is outstanding. I, that long piece back in April about, you know, how his mechanics have changed. You know, if he is healthy, that is the real wild card for this bullpen because Kella – a healthy crick and a healthy birdie, you're going to play a lot of six inning games. And that's going to be the real thing that this shortened season, the real opportunity this shortened season provides for the Pirates is the bullpen. You throw one inning in a 162 game se season, that's this much, you know, percentage wise over all the innings thrown. But in a 60 game season, less innings are thrown. We're probably going to play like 550 ish. You know, that, that gets up to like here. That's a, bigger chunk of the pie that each relief pitcher is going to have 
So having those three in the back end, I think really gives them an advantage. It's almost like playoff games where who wins those? It's usually the team with the better bullpen. Well, it's not quite, you know, playoff series or just playoffs in general, but it's not that much longer, only like a month or so longer. Yeah, this, this whole season is going to be like stretch run baseball, which should make it interesting. Uh, it's like the entire league is starting off at 500, uh, you know, 100 games into the season and have at it. You know what? And once again, the Pirates are in mid, late July, and they're going to be in the hunt for the division <laughs> or wild card like they have been the last couple of years. Well, let's, let's uh, uh, you know, hope it doesn't go like last year uh, where they're around 500 at the, at the All-Star break and then win about 18 games the rest of the way. Yeah, that, that'd be less than ideal. <laughs>